Welcome to the podcast, The Stories of Real Authentic Women. We ask women to share one of their most life-changing or traumatic experiences. And then we sit back and listen. You're going to laugh, cry, and be inspired as you listen to these raw stories. I'm Hannah. I'm Cass. And we are your hosts for Raw. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, Raw. I'm Cass. I'm Hannah. And today is very, very special because we have our first ever guest on the podcast who is someone very special in my life. So I would love to introduce her. We have Tara here today. Tara is my literal next door neighbor, Mm -hmm. the house next to mine. And um, I'm so excited to have her on today to share her story. She's such an example of just... um, a strong woman in faith and who loves the Lord. And I get to see that every single day. My And I'm blessed by it. My kids are blessed by it. And um, I'm just grateful. I feel like God has really blessed us with our friendship too. So we're going to dive right in. Yeah. I just want to say thank you, Tara, for coming. And um, as a friend of Cass, who's been privileged to know you through Cass, also, um, I have to pray off jealousy because of your friendship, because <laughs> it really is, it's so beautiful. And, you know, at our age, uh, well, I'm in my 40s, I don't know, you're in your 40s, <laughs> little baby Cass over there. <laughs> but it's not, it's not really easy to make friends, yeah. period, yeah. whatever age you are. But at our age, I think it's truly a gift from God when the person you live next door to is a soul sister too. Yeah, and so it's absolutely. fun for me to watch and um, and to just, for for me to know that you have that for each other. And it's such a gift of God. So yes. thanks for joining us and being yes, here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yes. All right, Tara, um, can you tell us about your growing up years? Sort of what did your life look like between the ages of five and 18? Yeah. So I grew up um, in a Christian home, My parents took us to church when we were younger. Um, I have two sisters, an older sister and a younger sister. And um, yeah, that was kind of the the gist of our family. And then as we got older, I don't really know exactly why, but our family kind of stopped going to church. Um, And when I was in high school, my parents ended up getting divorced and my mom left. And so... That was really a turning point for me spiritually. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I kind of was at a crossroads of, well, what do I do with this? And mm-hmm. kind of came to a point of um, realizing the only one I had was was God in my mm-hmm. life. So that's where I turned. Um, and I just started, I found a church to go to by myself. I would bring my little sister. And we, <laughs> we went for the next few years, just the two of <clears throat> Sorry, just the two of us, and um, there a verse that the Lord really impressed on me at that time was Hebrews thirteen eight that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Because I realized at that point in my life that people, you know, kind of let you down. People change, people leave, um, but that God doesn't. So. Amen. Yeah, so those were, I guess, kind of my growing up years. And you were born where? <laughs> oh, I was born in Colorado. Yes. <laughs> I didn't even know I skipped over a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, 
born in, in Colorado Springs, grew up in a little tiny town monument. We had one stoplight <laughs> and one tiny mom and pop grocery store. I rode my bike all over that little town. Fun. It was fun. It was, we, I had some sweet growing up years. We did move a lot. Um, just homes. We had, my dad was an architect and a firefighter. And so he built and designed two homes that we lived in, but because they were being built, we had to live in rental homes and every rental home we were in, it seemed like they ended up moving it, like wanting to sell it. So we had to move. (laughs) So we moved a lot of times when I was younger, house to house, but I always had, I was always at the same school, same school district, same town. Mm -hmm. So I had that consistency. What is one of your earliest childhood memories? <laughs> it's, it's a super random one. <laughs> they usually are. That. They usually yes. are. <laughs> it was actually the first house that my dad built for us. It, we were finishing building it and we went to visit it and a little neighbor boy came over to meet us. I was probably like four. I don't even know why I remember this. And he had a bag of Dorito chips and <laughs> like he shared his bag of Dorito chips with me. That's, and that's what I remember before that's we moved, awesome. right before we moved into that house. <laughs> Do you have a, an affinity with Doritos? I really Do don't. I don't no. even like them. <laughs> I loved them then, that's apparently. So like I just, or maybe I wasn't allowed to have them. I don't know. It's like a special treat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's cute. So <laughs> if you're listening, Dorito boy. Oh, I yeah. don't even know who he was. <laughs> just kidding. He was just the dream of that They didn't yeah. live there very long next to us, I don't think. Okay. But. That's awesome. <laughs> Can you tell us what your current family unit looks like right now? Yes. So I am married. I've been married about 20 years, and I have five kids, um, ages eight or 16 to 8. So, yeah. Two spread. boys and three girls. <laughs> and then... What are some of your current hobbies or interests? (laughs) Um, I homeschool my kids, so I love education. Mm -hmm. Um, And you were a teacher. I was a teacher. Yep. Before I had kids, Mm -hmm. I taught elementary school in the public school district where we lived. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so I love reading. Stories are one of my very favorite things to do with my kids is read really good stories. And, you know, you can see... Just so much. There's power in stories. Yeah. So I love stories, and I we love hiking. Um, I snowboard in the winter, <laughs> and Bible snowboard. Studies. Yeah. I do. I do. I snowboard. All right. Yeah. Our whole family does snowboarding. That's awesome. It is fun. Um, we love going to the lake and paddleboarding. Um, you guys are a very outdoorsy. Family. We are. Yeah. We are. Yeah. It's fun. And my kids, when my kids go to public school, but when they're when they have days off of school, they love to go next door to homeschool with Tara. <laughs> to Tara, yes, yes. And, and she welcomes them in, and it's it's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so Tara, you kind of mentioned it. Uh, there's power in stories, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. There's power in reading stories, and then there's power yep. in sharing stories, which mm-hmm. is what brings us. What is what birthed this podcast, mm-hmm. really? So that is the perfect segue into um, the story you're going to be sharing with us today. So what is one of the most traumatic or life-changing experiences that you've gone through in your life? Yeah, so aside from 
high school, my parents divorced, um, really a, a huge life-changing moment came about six years ago. Um, my husband was, we, we were, uh, we had started a church plant in Colorado Springs and he was one of the full-time pastor elders there and preaching a lot, but he also had a full-time job outside of that. So none of the staff was being paid. We were just a tiny church. And so they all had, um, outside jobs, but through his job, he started to travel a ton. So one of the places he began to travel a lot to was Utah. And we kind of were at a crossroads with that because he was gone so much that, and and I had five kids, eight and under, Mm -hmm. we have this church going, there was just so much happening and he was gone all the time. And we were like, we can't, we can't keep doing this. This isn't good. Yeah. (laughs) So it was kind of just the point of what do we do? Do you quit your job in and the traveling and just find a job here in Colorado and we'll make it work with that and the church? Or do we move um, because your job is always taking you to Utah? It was interesting. He wasn't only traveling to Utah, but the business that he had was growing exponentially in mm-hmm. Utah. And even his company had said, don't bother going to Utah. Like, we've tried to get into that market there. It's kind of impossible. And he's like, well, I'm just going to go anyway. (laughs) And he did. And and he just started developing relationships, started building his business here. And um, it, it started growing like crazy. So... At that point, we it was like, okay, well, what do we do with this? Do we do we move? Do we stay? And at in about um, so August of that year of 2017, the, the women's Bible study I was in um, had the lady had challenged us to pick something that we persevere in prayer about. And I was like, I'm just gonna start praying, like asking the Lord, what do you want us to do with this situation? Um, because really, I didn't want to move I, at mm. all. <laughs> yeah, my heart was like, we've got this church that we love. We we had been through a, a ton of ups and downs at this church, um, but we had built such deep rooted community there. Mm. Our family, half of our families in Colorado. Um, <clears throat> so there's just so many reasons to stay. We had just bought a home that we loved. We had been in it a couple years and it was, we loved our home. We had land, we had great neighbors that we were, you know, building relationships with. So, so many things that were like, we should just stay. There's so much good happening. Um, But I was like, I'm just going to pray. I'm going to pray because I don't want to just stay stuck doing something that I think is right. And we need to ask the Lord. So we began praying and then really nothing clear was happening. I was praying starting in August. By the end of January, one night, um, Adam was gone again, traveling. He was in Utah. And I just had a night, you know, one of those nights you just are like fervently in prayer. I was praying just like, Lord, I we don't know what to do. We don't want to just stay, stay stuck. Help us to like either release something or grab hold of something. What do you want us to do? And as I'm praying, like fervently crying out. Then I opened my Bible to just where I was in my reading plan that that day. And it was Matthew 19, and it was the, the rich young ruler. And he 
you know, goes to Jesus and is like, what do I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus is like, you give up everything, Mm. sell everything and follow me. And then the next part of that was really what hit me because his disciples say to him, "Um, but what about us, Lord? Like, we've already given up everything Mm -hmm. to follow you. And he says, I'm going to just read it so I don't mess it up. (laughs) (laughs) So Matthew 19 29, he says, um, And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. And it just hit me that second that I read it. Like, these are all, this is the whole list of why I don't want to go to Utah. Mm-hmm. All the things I'm telling you, Lord, why we need to stay in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And and the Lord was like, if you give them up, you will be blessed mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. my namesake. And so that moment, I'm like, yeah, we're moving. We have to move now. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the, the reasons it was hard to give up the idea of, of, of staying, was because of all the relationships Adam had built in Utah, and he had had so many amazing conversations. Um, there were people asking him about Jesus, and he he was very open with everybody he met that he was a pastor, um, so everybody knew he was was different, and it was just so hard to think, okay, if if you stop that job, if you are in Colorado, you're cutting off all of these relationships with people who are hungry to know truth. Like, how can we leave those Mm -hmm. people just, you know, not that God can't do something else or bring other people, but it just felt like this, we can't just leave them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I called Adam right away (laughs) and he, I said, babe, we're moving to Utah. And he goes, I know. Do you want to hear my day? <laughs> yeah. Tell me about your day. And it was just had been a day of conversation after conversation, people um, hungry to know truth. And then uh, a friend of his had invited him to his house. Um, they had played basketball right before, and he needed a quick shower. He didn't have time to go to his hotel. So the, the guy was like, just shower at my house. You can go to your meeting. And he comes out of the shower and the the guy had a Bible and he's like, would you lead my family? And he's very LDS. Mm -hmm. He was like, would you lead my family in a devotional? And he said to his kids, "Um, nobody knows the Bible better than this guy. Nobody I know knows it better than this guy. And so Adam got to lead this family in a devotional from the Bible. I think he did Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. <laughs> wow. By grace you have been saved yeah. through faith and not of yourself. So anyway, it was kind of cool. Um, and we just both realized, yeah, that's what the Lord is asking us to do. He's asking us to move. And truthfully, I didn't want to. Like, it really was, it was hard to think of giving up um, so much mm-hmm. to come here. Because we had a comfortable life mm-hmm. and we had a great life. And we, not that things are always perfect. It's hard also having a, a church, right? Mm-hmm. There are a lot of ups and downs with that, but we had such rooted community and um, that was that was super hard. So we decided, all right, we got to tell our kids <laughs> yeah. that this is what's happening. And we, um, one night, at dinner time, we're like, all right, guys, we're going to go get ice cream. Like, and your kids were in the process with you as far as they knew you'd been praying about this? K- 
Kind of. They okay. were all younger. Kind of young. Kind of yeah. younger. Okay. So not all of them really. I mean, by the time we moved here, my littlest was only two. Okay. So he really had no clue. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, be- and you guys yeah. had moved before that. Like you kind of had this you were moving every couple of years. Yes. Right. We had not stayed in the same mm-hmm. house for more than four years. And we were at four years in our current house and we were like, mm-hmm. we love this house. We're mm-hmm. never leaving. Yeah, of course. <laughs> this is the best. <laughs> yep. Never say never. Never say never. <laughs> yep. Lord, you're funny. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we had moved quite a bit before and, mm-hmm. and thought, no, we don't want to do that again. Mm-hmm. But it was, and yeah, for our kids, that it's they moved quite a few times yeah. too. We moved different houses, different places, and um, but we were like, all right. We took them out to ice cream, and we talked to them about um, Psalm thirty four eight, taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm. And we're like, we're just gonna have ice cream for dinner, and we're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Butter you up. Sounds like a good we're plan. <laughs> and seeing the goodness of the Lord in in mm. giving up worldly things for the kingdom of mm-hmm. God. So, and that was, I mean, it was good. It was hard. The older kids were sad, mm. didn't really want to move necessarily either. But um, because we just knew that it was from the Lord, we couldn't do anything else, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, and then we flew out here in February to look for a house. Well, actually, right before we flew out, we were doing like Zoom tours of homes with mm-hmm. the realtor here. That's and really hard yeah, to, yeah. to get a grasp. Yes. And this was 2018 and houses were flying off oh, the market. Yeah. So everything we looked at was like gone before you could even blink. Um, and... We saw this house. We were like, well, we'll just put an offer, like kind of on hold. It was contingent upon us coming to visit and see the home and decide if that's really the, the home we wanted. And and we were praying so much like, okay, Lord, you're bringing us there. Put us where you want us. Like, I have no idea anything about Salt Lake. I didn't know any parts of it, mm-hmm. where we should be, where mm-hmm. we shouldn't be, whatever. So... It really was like, all right, Lord, you just have to do this. You have to lead us to whatever house you want us to be in, whatever neighborhood where we can just be a light for you. Um, And so we flew out here shortly after making that offer on the house. And we looked at a bunch of other houses. And there were a lot of them that I was like, oh, I really love this house or I love this area. or And every time we would go to like put an offer on that house, it was gone. <laughs> or we'd be like, our realtor would say, oh, you're you're like the 20th on the list. So you'd have to, you know, go way above mm-hmm. budget. I'm like, no, we're not, mm-hmm. you know, we're not going to do that. So the very last house we visited is the one we're in now. And we walked in and I was like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I was like, it's it's fine. It's a house. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. It's actually a very beautiful house. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, I was just like, mm. <laughs> you were over it. <laughs> I was kind of over it. Yeah. But we were like, all right, this is really the only house left. Like, now we can't. We already have an offer on it. We might as well just like this must be yeah. where the Lord wants us. So, um, we we went ahead with that offer. Went ahead with closing on it but at the closing 
Um, so Adam flew back out here. We were still in Colorado. We weren't planning to move out here until June, um, but we were just trying to secure a house. And he was out here so much that he was, you know, he wouldn't have to stay in a hotel anymore. Mm, he could stay yeah. in our house. And um, at the closing, the they they were like, okay, everything looks in order. We just need your deposit or your down payment. And he's like, oh, I got your instructions the other day, and I wired all the money for your instructions. And they were like, um, can you pull up that email? And he pulls it up and they're like, that's not our instructions. Those are not what we said to do with oh my goodness. your money. <laughs> and so everyone starts freaking out in that room. Like, what do we do? The money's gone. Somebody basically, you know, wire, it was wire fraud. Mm-hmm. They came in, they gave false instructions. It was wired to the wrong place. And there was really not much to do at that point. We, they called the police, talked to the FBI. We're trying to put traces on this money, trying mm-hmm. to get it back. And we, we had not sold our house in Colorado yet. So that really was like all the money we had that yeah. we were putting as a down payment on the house. Um, and Adam calls me and, and is telling me the situation. I was on my way to Bible study with my kids that morning. And I'm like, all right, guys, we just, we got to pray. Like our money's gone. <laughs> we were trying to figure out if we can even close on our house. Like, what are we going to do? Um, and my kids, their first thought was, well, we need to pray that that person who took the money knows Jesus. Hmm. And I was like, yes, like who cares about the money? I mean, hmm. yes, that's a big deal, but also it's a, it's earthly, yeah. right? Money comes and goes, but the soul of that person who took it, like that's what matters. Hmm. And so we just started praying that that person, would, <laughs> that Jesus would show himself hmm. to this person, that they would come to know him, that... Um, they would return the money. Yeah. Um, so at Bible study, I share it with our women's group and they all prayed over us. And, um, it was just, I mean, as best it can be, you know, in that time. And Adam was able to get an unsecured loan (laughs) to pay the down payment, which normally they don't let you do that because, Um, you can't do an unsecured loan, but because we had already done all the other stuff, they just let him do it. And we would be able to pay that back after we sold our house. So, um, Adam was sleuthing, trying to figure out, okay, where did this email, like who sent me this email? And he found some email address linked to it that he sent an email back to this person and said, basically, um, like, I know you stole our money and, it's never the the wrong time to do the right thing. Um, the Lord knows the ways of the wicked, and you should just return our money. Like you can steal our money, but you can't steal my hope and my joy in Christ. And mm-hmm. just sent this whole email to this person, and a few days later, <laughs> we got a response, which is nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the person was like, "You're right. I feel so bad, and I'm going to send all your money back." And we were like. What? It's a, it's a miracle. Yeah. We really, really? Yeah, like we really were like, what is happening? I would this be is, so doubtful. So see, I wasn't, but so many people around us were like, don't you think that they're just like messing with you? <laughs> and and then sure enough, the money didn't come back. And we were like, oh, they were messing with us. Yeah. Shoot. So um, it was probably AI. <laughs> <laughs> probably wasn't even a real person. 
Oh my goodness. But I love how I was thinking earlier when you were just talking, like you are so pure of heart and you can't make that stuff up. You can't make purity up. You can't make, only Jesus can make us Mm -hmm. as pure, as white as snow. But there's something special about your purity that I think there. God planted it so deep down so early on. So even your response to not be skeptical (laughs) in that moment and to not, um, like I would have been like, ain't no way, ain't no way this guy, this guy is, or this girl is totally messing with us. And, you know, and I'd already have the next email crafted about how you big liar. (laughs) But um, I just, it's beautiful to, to know that 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 kind of stuff comes through prayer mm-hmm. too, and that because your heart, your first heart response was to pray for this person, that even in that moment, you're still for that person. Yeah, yeah. and that's something only the Holy Spirit can put those things in us to yes. love our enemy, yes. to be hopeful for the hopeless, and um, so sorry to interrupt, but that's no, that's a you. really it's just beautiful to watch watch your purity come out in the way that you speak, in the way that you live, in the way that you lead your kids. It's powerful. Thank you. And your response, like that that's your natural response to a very high stress right. situation. Like that's that's not the natural response for most people. Right. Yeah. And and it really is only the Lord in yeah. me. It really is. Mm-hmm. I probably in my own would not respond that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So. So then about a month later, Adam, well, and we had talked to the FBI, talked to the police. Everything was, um, all the bank accounts had been shut down, closed. The wiring thing, like it was just done and gone. You had Nobody accepted it. Nobody could trace it. it. We had accepted it. We're yeah. like, okay, this is just what it is. And we move forward and the Lord has a plan. Um, and then, a month later, Adam was checking. He got paid commission. So, you know, he's like, well, how much did I get paid this month? Yeah. <laughs> so he's checking our bank account. And down to the last penny of the money that was gone had been put back in our account. Thanks for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that it was encouraging and blessed your life today. We just want to remind you that you also have a story and it matters. Go ahead and share that story with people in your life. If you also would like to email us to share your story and possibly be on the podcast, we would love to hear from you. So you'll find our email address in the show notes. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends and your family, and make sure you join us the next time. Until then, raw out. Be sure to join us next week for part two of Tara's story.